0: Good afternoon, everybody. Yay. Welcome to yet another edition of SF Music Tech. Are we having fun so far? Yes. In the interest of seriously getting back on time here, uh, my name is Ted Cohen. I am the Managing Director of Tag Strategic. And uh, it's my pleasure this year to get to interview Jorge Rincon, who will introduce himself here and explain what he's doing. The idea of this session, how many of you have been to a session before that I've moderated? And yet you come back, but not for me, for him. Ask questions at any time. You're here because you came to learn what, in this case, what Deezer is up to. Uh, So let's keep it as interactive as possible. It is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Jorge Rincon.
1: Thank you, Ted. Thanks for being here. It's uh, my first time here at um, SF Music Tech. Shh. Uh, you guys can hear me? Yeah, all right. I'm uh, responsible for Deezer uh, business in, in North America, uh, US and Canada. Is everybody here familiar with Deezer? Raise your hand. Oh my god. Yeah. That's, I wish, good, uh, that's good product uh, recognition. That's very good. Uh, that's obviously, good among brand uh, recognition. people that are familiar with the music industry, yes. Um, and uh, we're growing our brand awareness in, in the US and in North America. So um, back to you, Ted.
0: So, we have currently a couple major services in the U.S. that people, again, have brand awareness such as Spotify. So you're coming into a market that is maturing. What are the challenges you have currently in terms of having uh, that same level of brand recognition with consumers in general? How are you approaching that?
1: Yeah, well, um, we uh, entered the US market about uh, three years ago, and we did that through uh, key partnerships with the likes of Sonos, Bose, uh, Cricket Wireless, and that helped us ramp up. Uh, our presence uniquely to those, and then about a year ago, we entered in the direct-to-consumer space, right, which is the most competitive, as, as had mentioned. Um, so we we've entered into a very uh, digital era and environment. So we mostly of our investment and, and user reach has done through digital advertising, and uh, specifically targeting our audience that is, um, you know, definitely music lovers. Um, the market is certainly very competitive. But the shifting we're seeing is mostly from um, users that are not paying for streaming music services that are free riders into um, those that are willing to pay and see the value of full music and demand and uh, getting any you know, anytime any song you want on your, on your service.
0: So one of the things that we've seen over the past two or three years is the importance of the playlist. And people are creating playlists, using playlists, sharing playlists there was a movement a few years ago by a, a great guy named Ian Rogers to create interoperability in playlists that never happened unfortunately mm-hmm. so when you have music lovers who are invested in what they've created on whatever service they've currently been using mm-hmm. how do you get what is the uh, magic bullet to get them to Come on over to
1: the other side. Yeah, I mean one of um, the most uh, unique uh, feature that these are offers to consumers is called flow. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I'll tell you a little bit about it. So um, uh, if we get into music on demand. Playlisting is definitely the de facto, and the average user—not you guys, because you're music lovers—but the average user would go in and create an average of uh, 10 to 15 playlists, and each playlist may be uh, north of 10 to 15 songs. And after you're engaged in your playlist, right, you feel got the feeling that you're listening to the same music over and over again. So Discovery becomes a channel. Some of our competitors have introduced a weekly playlist, which is a great way to discover some of that, and those are curated by editors. In our case, Flow is your personal soundtrack. So imagine as an artificial intelligence um, service that is looking at at what you like, what you search, what you do, your calendar, how you move around the city, and how you select certain articles. So it's a very lean-back experience where playlisting is a lean-forward experience. So in a lean-back experience, you place the flow button and starts playing music for you. If I'm uh, early in the morning, and that's our vision as to how we'll flow, uh, work is Monday morning. Uh, Monday morning, and I'm, you know, my phone is jumping around a three-mile radius. So Flow det- determines that I'm I'm taking a run and will provide me with upbeat music that I love, and will be a mixture of those that are already pre-selected that I like, and those others that are matched with other people with the same likes as I did, and will provide some music that I forgot I love or discover new music. So in that particular category, Flow has been tremendous uptake. It represents over 40% of the engagement of our users by just having a very unique lean back experience. And it brings back one of the factors that we forgot with playlisting. When you create your own playlist, you know exactly what you're going to get. So no more of that surprise factor that we used to get with radio. When you play the radio, all of a sudden you get all excited because they kind of guessed the song that you wanted to hear. Well, that's exactly the feeling that you get with Flow.
0: Interesting. So, in the in the world of IoT and the Internet of Things, what other inputs are you possibly looking at? It's great. Where I am, what time of day it is, what the weather is. Mm-hmm. Are there other things you're looking at to influence that? Because con- getting music contextually can be a great experience. Where mm-hmm. a song that you would again wouldn't want to hear at eight o'clock in the morning, yeah. you might want to hear when you're out on a run. So, what else are you looking at in terms of? I mean, your, certainly
1: location, mm-hmm. uh, your calendar, your likes, what you like and you don't like. Also, the fact that you skip a song on a particular time of the day that we played and then you skip it. So that's all data that's being collected and try to create your music graph and music fingerprint. And then comparing to others with similar likes that you have. What do they like? And, and what are the other songs that they're listening to that you're not? So it helps you discover new songs as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a mix between algorithm and editorial, um, human interaction. Right.
0: So you've taken less of a big splash approach Mm -hmm. to launching in the US. This has been over a period of two or three years where it's sort of, you've been turning up the volume, for lack of a better term. Uh, Are we now in the mainstream of Deezer is here, or are we still, is it still unfolding? It it is here. You guys can see me, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, I know, I know. In in terms of, you know, You're not... uh, Bus board, you know, uh, bus shelters and billboards and ads and whatever. So you've taken a much leaner approach and probably a much more fiscally sensible approach to Mm -hmm. putting the money into the service as opposed to putting the money into billboards.
1: Exactly, so we we believe that offering the right experience for the customer is gonna drive certainly adoption of our service. One of the things that, as you can see, happen in the industry is that music streaming continues to grow. Let's not forget, only until 2016, music streaming became. So the question whether music streaming will be the way of the future, will be the revenue generator, just that meth was killed 2016, now we're in 2017, year where it's the biggest contributor and that biggest contribution comes mostly from paid subscription services. So we have a very frugal approach in, in the way we market and we address our service. One of the things that we could easily do is you know, go way way overboard and, and spend a lot of money and, and we've seen how all the companies run out of money and then they get in trouble. So we manage in that sense very um, frugal and, and a very targeted approach. We've taken a few strategies. One, for instance, has been sports partnerships. where the exclusive uh, official music sponsor of the Barcelona Football Club. Same with uh, Manchester United, um, uh, Flamengo in Brazil, and a few others more that I will be announcing soon. And we'll try to make that match connection between um, the sports fan that really drives that fan. And you see Messi walking into a, into a soccer field and, and is listening to music, well, it's listening to these are playlists, and what really drives that uh, performance are uh, the songs that inspire Messi to play the way he plays, right? And there's a connection with the music uh, lover as well, right? So we're trying to leverage strategic partnerships and, and brands that will help us bring that awareness and start growing our market in the North America. I mean, we, we understand how our competitors have a, um, a significant advantage. They've been here longer. They invested tremendously. Uh, kudos to 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 the amount of, uh, of effort they put into the market. But our, our goal primarily is to get a fair market share. As a global company in, in the world, we're present in 185 countries. We're number one in France, very close number two in uh, in Germany, in the UK, we hold a number one position in in Brazil, in Colombia. So when you look at globally uh, what Deezer can contribute, it's, it's significant, and North America will not be second to that.
0: So, Flow seems like a very cool feature. What are some other features that again would get me to switch from clicking on, for lack of a better, Spotify every day, and saying, you know what, I'm I'm going to switch from Coke to Pepsi.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that um, that we've been leveraging is the size of the catalog. Um, we have the largest catalog in the industry, north of 43 million tracks. Compared to our competitors, our average probably north of 30 million tracks. And that is a result that we've had this global expansion. So uh, licensing content locally in many countries, having that long tail if you're for instance from Brazil and you love uh, certain Asia songs and you look at them, uh, you, you'll find them in Deezer. We have a very close relationship with the local hero strategy in each of the countries where we have brought in a lot of that long tail content. Another of the features is we went beyond music. Uh, we have over 40,000 audiobooks and podcasts. In some markets we even you can even listen to live soccer matches on, on, on Deezer from Premier League and other things. So uh, when you look at it, it's, it's an audio play where music music is a protagonism, but you can find things beyond music as well.
0: So you recently moved, not recently, but in the last few months moved your corporate headquarters in New York down to Miami Mm -hmm. to be more central to North and South America. Is your focus equally on the Northern America and Southern America?
1: Yeah, the, the way that we organize our Our office now, we have a a headquarters for the Americas out of Miami that oversees our business in Latin America and North America. We've been leveraging some of our Latin American success to grow in North America, spinning a little bit of the Hispanic angle, as I was mentioned, in soccer, for instance, is a, is a passion point for Latinos. We uh, launched a reggaeton channel in North America. We did a unique partnership with Univision promoting uh, local artists um, and Hispanic upcoming artists. And we've seen how that uh, combination of leveraging North and, and South America is, is quite unique, unlike uh, what our president thinks. But,
0: uh and you come out of telecom Yeah. So, how are you leveraging knowing how the telecoms work and what motivates them to get yourself to the top of the stack?
1: Yeah, um, Telcom is, is certainly um, has been a fueling this growth globally. We're the music streaming partner that has had more than uh, 44, 48 uh, telco partnerships around the world. Um, music uh, certainly is mobile music, leaves mostly on, on people's cell phone, and and the ability of a of a telco partner to leverage music as a brand and recognition strategy as a differentiator data consumption habits and even the most important thing loyalty and churn reduction has been critical in in the success of of uh, of Deezer we have we hold close relationship with Cricket Wireless here in North America where Cricket Wireless get uh, um, access to Deezer product at a, at a lower price than its retail outside. In Latin America, we do business with Tigo and Tim and they bundle music as part of the data packages they sell and has a tremendous uptake. I mean, we're talking about um, you know, um, millions of users in, in, in a short period of time.
0: Can you make it to number two?
1: In globally, in the, yeah, yeah, we're top three globally.
0: You're top three globally. Of
1: course, North America, maybe not there yet, but no, but, but <laughs> that, that's not just aspirational; it's attainable. Yeah. Yes, of course.
0: Okay, yeah. we have about a minute and a half left. If anybody has any questions, I didn't want to cut anybody out. Is there a question? Yes, in the back there, sir. You, loud voice, as they run with you to run to you with a mic.
1: So uh, as a product differentiator, Apple Music, Jimmy Iveen stated that he's starting to get, create like original shows and content to kind of bundle it with Apple Music as like a differentiator from the other platforms out there, I'm assuming, including Deezer. Do you guys have like an original content strategy or what's your, what's your, I guess, product differentiator from what your competitors are offering right now? You're referring to original content original or exclusive program, original content? Original programming. Well, in general, what's... what's I guess the both. secret sauce yeah. or, the, or the... Okay, uh, I'll tell you both. Um, we we certainly made a statement that we will not play on the exclusive uh, content category. Um, what Apple did at, at certain points, what they paid for exclusives, as well as title did, et cetera, we believe that that is actually in the detriment of the business um, and not in favor of the business. So we will not, um, you know do this window of exclusivity content and pay you know, a big amount of money just for a few uh, months or weeks of exclusive content. On the original content side, we, we do believe that's a, an, an interesting play. Uh, many of our offices globally hold studios, our Miami office as well. We invite artists and they do um, original sessions with us. We record video, we put them in social media, and we believe on differentiating specifically on original content, but not necessarily on holding exclusivity windows. So I think you uh, you recently announced the, or rebranding, I guess, of your high-res tier Hi-Fi. What kind of uptake are you seeing, and and any plans of moving into real high-res audio? Yes, by all means. We we were early on, and it was called Deezer Elite, uh, and uh, we still hold a strong partnership with Sonos, where we're the first uh, lossless quality, um, high-value music. So right now, Hi-Fi, Deezer Hi-Fi, it's available in Sonos, as well as in many other um, high-fidelity partners, and along those lines, also with the voice command. So Google uh, Home, you, uh, as well as Alexis and Sonos, you'll be able to um, stream in high-quality, uh, lossless, the highest quality possible um, in there. So we, one of the strongest base, and most loyal base, These has is along Deezer Elite. There are people that have tried our service in the highest
0: quality possible. We had a lot more to talk about, we're keeping it all on schedule, so thank you very much and on to the next, thank you.